If you're tired of the superficial and you're craving real conversation about life, relationships, fears, doubts, and the divine in the middle of it, this is the place for you. My name is Anna Dimmel, and I'm a blogger, writer, and former pastor. And it's my passion to build bridges, not walls, through honest, real conversation and connection. And I want that for you. This is the show that will help you do that and give you not only inspiration and connection, but will help you leave the superficial for good and form the real connections you're craving. Your story matters, and I'm so glad you're here. Welcome. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Behind the Mirror podcast. My name is Anna Dimmel, and I want to wish you a happy Easter weekend. This is Easter weekend, and this week I'm talking all about death and rebirth and the beautiful story of when dead things rise. And I am so eager to talk about this with you. If you are feeling at all like there's any part of you that has lost hope, that's lost sight of things becoming good again, this message is for you. And I cannot wait to dig into that. Before I do, I have to recognize a new Patreon that we have this week. Tracy June has jumped on board to become a supporter of this podcast. Tracy, thank you. You are a gift. You are such a gift. I get so excited when I see new patrons join in to this work that we're doing because you're now a part of this. You're a part of what this work is doing here. So Tracy, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. If any of you are interested in supporting this show, you can find out how to do that by going to my website at justajesusfollower.com and clicking on the button Patreon. You'll also find my blog on that website. And if you're not already engaging in the content that goes on there, it it might pique your interest. So check that out too. I love you all so much. I love hearing from you and connecting with you. And if you haven't found me on Instagram or Facebook, do that. Come say hi. I would love to see your beautiful face and hear more about your story. So without any further ado, let's dig into this show. Here we go. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. Today is a beautiful day here. As many of you know, I am so in love with being outside and have found a passion for my garden and all those things over the last few years. And gosh, today feels like all of the hard work has paid off. You know what I'm saying? Any of you who work in the yard or work on any project, really, there can be so much like long, tiring days when you're like, I don't even see any fruit of my labor. Like, why am I doing this to myself? And the past few months have felt that way because I've been clearing out a lot of the dead branches and a lot of the yucky leaves that were left over from the winter. And I've just been working my tail off in this garden that looked so not pretty. And all of the sudden, the weather changed the temperature rose and all of a sudden, I mean, there are flowers and there are trees that are blossoming and blooming and the grass is green and lush and 
I feel like, how did I get here? Like just a few weeks ago, it looked nothing like this. And now here it all is. And it's so pretty. It's so beautiful. And so life-giving. And I literally just sat out there with the kids the other night and I was just soaking it in. And they were like, mom, this is so pretty. Everything's so pretty. I'm like, I know. It. I have no idea how it turned out like this. <laughs> I was just pulling weeds and cutting branches and clearing things out and pruning. And then all of a sudden here you have this, but it was work in the fall. And then of course the winter was just nothing. And then as the snow melted and the ground softened, it was more work. And now here we are feeling what we all love about spring when life is reborn, which I couldn't think of a better weekend to talk about dead things coming to life in this weekend. This is Easter weekend. And for many of you who share a tradition of faith that includes the death and resurrection story, this weekend is either filled with wonderful life-giving thoughts, or maybe you're filled with anger and frustration of all the years you spent believing in something maybe that you no longer disagree with or participating in traditions that now bring back trauma and painful memories. Or maybe you're like me and you're somewhere in between where you, you love the tradition and you love the memories and you love the symbolism, but all of the extra stuff that religion tacks on to all of the beauty makes your stomach squirm and you're like, ugh, no thank you. I want to, for a moment, tell you a little bit about my journey in this process. I, as many of you know, have painfully talked about my journey of pain and trauma and things dying, heartbreaks, grief. I've shared openly with you guys along the way as I have just unturned one painful stone after another. Of course, some of my journey has remained private, but a lot of the emotional torment and a lot of the situations I've been in, I've shared with you. And I I just want to thank so many of you who have traveled along that journey with me because it's been it's been so intimate. And and I think that's the beauty of podcasting is that we're able to share such intimate stories and intimate conversations in what feels like a safe environment. Um, You have been a part of that. And a lot of you hold big pieces of my story. So much of my story included things that felt like they were dead. And in many ways they were. My marriage died. My innocence died. My belief in a lot of things that I once held so strongly to died. A lot of things in my family died. You know, dreams of my husband and I getting older together and, and having grandbabies together and walking our daughters down the aisle. All of that died. My children, so much of their innocence was taken away. And so much of what I wanted to protect them from and thought they would never have to encounter, all of that died. Death is is an interesting thing because so many, at least so many people from my background in the Christian faith still you hear today, they can't wait to get to heaven. And yet nobody really wants to die. It's an interesting irony there how much 
I hear people say, well, I'm just holding on till I get to, to heaven, till I get to where peace is, to I get to the other side and I get to my forever home. I, I hear that a lot. And yet when push comes to shove, none of those people really want to die. They all have a desire to live. Why is that? If our forever home, heaven, is supposed to be where we are craving to be, and we sing these songs on Sunday mornings about wanting to be with our real family and our real place and our real home, well, then why does no one really want to go there? When the, when the time comes, people kick and scream and instinctively claw to stay alive. I was talking with a friend of mine who was in a terrible car accident not that long ago uh, with her husband and her son. And she had that moment when the headlights were coming and she knew that it was going to be a head-on collision that they might not make it. And that, that fleeting moment that passed through her mind was, I don't want to die. I don't want my son to die. And so she did everything she could to try to relax. You know, they say relax before an impact. And she did everything she could to try to position herself to where her body would maybe endure the least amount of damage. Thankfully, they all made it out okay. Her son had the worst of it, but he made it out okay. They are all recovered now. But I remember her telling me that, that as strongly as she has said, she cannot wait to get to heaven. In that moment, nothing in her wanted to go there. Her instinct was to survive. Her instinctual nature, her God-given nature said, live. I've yet to meet someone who was facing death and didn't want to fight for life. I I imagine maybe there are some out there like that, um, or the rare few like my grandmother, God bless her soul, who stubborn and a woman who totally paved her own path, her entire existence on this earth, she didn't die until she chose to. In fact, most of us were thinking she would be long gone way before she was, and then one morning she woke up and said, today's the day. I'm ready to go. I don't want to be here anymore. And she died later that night. She's one of the rare few. And and with her, I think she felt like she had a lot that she needed to get done. And so she continued to stay alive for the people who needed her. And, and the desire to be here and fulfill her purpose here just kept her moving. And when all of those purposes went away, she embraced her time. She is rare. I don't think that many of us get the opportunity to choose when we go. Although, given that she's my my grandmother, I'm kind of hoping that I will inherit some of that. Um, but my point is, nobody wants to die. We have a desire to live. We have a desire to continue on here. Why is that? Why did Jesus bring Lazarus back from the grave? If heaven is the ultimate paradise, why did he weep at his grave? And why did Jesus himself choose to start this faith tradition with a death and resurrection? 
that was the climactic moment. A lot of people put this highlight on the death of Jesus and and the the blood of Jesus that was shed. And there's so much hype. I think that's the word I'm looking for over the death portion of his story. I come more from the mindset of focusing on the life of Jesus, not the death of Jesus. I I believe so much in the example that he set not only in his death, but in his life and the way he chose to live. So much of his life was spent in this beautiful rhythm of death and resurrection. Not just the climactic moment of when he actually physically died and was actually physically put in a grave and then physically rose, but all of his life leading up to that was a story of death and new birth. I think that we miss that when we look at the life of Jesus because what he did day in, day out was give life. In fact, he even said, life should be lived to the fullest. I came so that they may have life and have it abundantly. Jesus continually offered life, an invitation to life, to living. And not only was that seen in him healing the sick who were physically on the verge of death, but him healing those emotionally who were emotionally on the verge of death. I think for off, so often we take for granted the symbolism and the beauty of him allowing a Samaritan woman to be in conversation with him at the well. We don't realize that him treating her like an equal like someone whose story mattered, someone whose conversation was worthy of being had, could have been, and probably was, given that he was a Jew, it was life-giving for her. Things that were dead in her, probably her belief in any Jew being kind, probably her belief in her ever being seen as an equal, probably her belief in that her story didn't matter to anyone, specifically not the holy Jews. All of that had probably died in her. And yet Jesus chose to bring that part of her back to life. You see, he wasn't just in the business of doing these miraculous things like water into wine and dead people out of graves. And all that was so cool. And so many people give attention to all of that. But when you look at his life, the mundane stuff that he did. And we only have, you know, what's recorded in the gospels. We don't have all of it. I wish we did because I think we would see more of this. I would love to have been a fly on the wall because I think, you know, like Instagram, right? We get the highlight reel, like Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. They are the highlight reel of the Instagram story of Jesus. They are not giving you the stuff behind the camera. Sometimes we get a glimpse, but much like social media, we don't always see the the real stuff that isn't being cataloged, that isn't being highlighted, that isn't being written about and told about. I think you can learn a lot by highlight reel. I think that that is the beauty of the story we have of Jesus. But my point is this underlying tone of death and rebirth happened in his life over and over and over again. 
he talks about being born again, which was a totally weird idea, right? He tells this story of how you must be reborn. And that to those people, they had never heard that. You know, now we hear Christians shouting that from the rooftops. But back then it was like, wait, what? Come out of my mother's womb again? What are you talking about? I don't think Jesus was really after a whole movement based on the idea of people shouting that they've been born again. I think he was saying what his life and his words and eventually his death were trying to show us, which was dead things can rise. Dead things can be born again. Dead things don't have to stay in the ground. Dead things don't have to stay ignored and forgotten. Dead things can be reborn. So often we buy into this about 50%. We buy in, especially myself, has a tendency to buy into the idea that certain things can be brought back to life, but other things There's no hope for them. It's long gone, been there, done that, tried it, painful. We're going to leave that locked away way deep inside. But the message of this life that this amazing divine creature lived was pulling at the thread of the things that everyone believed could not be reborn. Why is that? If heaven is the destination, why bother? There's something magnificent about being here. Jesus said the kingdom of heaven is at hand, meaning stop looking for something other than here. Now, do I believe in a life after death? Of course I do. I am spiritually wired in and out, and I cannot ever Imagine my soul stopping what heaven will be like or the afterlife or whatever you want to title it. I have no idea. No one has really been there and come back to tell me, so I don't know. But what I do know is that my soul will go on and I do believe it will be good. But I don't think that is necessarily the end game. I don't know that there is an end game. I think that the game is this and that all of it matters and that all of it has value and weight and meaning and beauty. Jesus was so intentional about bringing out the things that people were so quick to put in the grave. There are many things in our life that we quickly write off. In my story, I really wrote off the idea of ever being loved or seen as someone who could be understood and known and cherished for who I truly am. I I find myself to be quite complicated. And I, I don't know if that is just a feeling I carry or if a lot of you are nodding your heads in agreement. I have struggled to find people who get me. And what's interesting about that is that I understand and empathize and feel like I get so many other people. And I have this ability to make others feel understood and seen and known. And yet, 
for most of my life, I have not felt that in return. The times that I was so hopeful that I was going to have that, of course, were when I got married. And of course, I was raised that you don't live with someone until you're married. And so the the ability to really intimately connect through pillow talk and through waking up together and through the mundane life stuff together where you're sharing everything didn't happen until I actually got married. And that was when I thought that would click. And it didn't either time. In fact, both times were so painful, not only because there was not that emotional intimacy or connection, but also because there were so many other issues painful issues that clouded any hope for anything becoming what I thought it would be. So by the time I was divorced the second time, legitimately, I believed this part of me that I thought someone would cherish and I thought someone would want to see and know and love. That's not going to happen. And I wrote that sucker off. I was like, nope, we're done. This part of me, this hope is dead. And I'm just going to have to find contentment in loving other people the way I never got to be loved. That was hard, but I think after you've, and maybe the Samaritan woman at the well felt this way too. I think after you've, you feel like you've heard that message so many times, you kind of just are like, yeah, yeah, that's just the way life is. And you kind of just roll with it. I think the first few times that hope is crushed, you're devastated. But then you just get to this like apathetic state where you just accept it. Not only did I just accept that in my life, but I also accepted this idea that my life would only be so much. What I mean by that is that this idea of more, which I talked about last week, this idea of having a cup that runs over. I love that imagery, by the way. That's one of my favorite um imageries given in in scripture is this idea of your cup being so full that it runs over. Now, if you get into any self-help work, of course, they will tell you, especially when you get to self-care, your cup cannot run over until it is filled. You must make sure you are feeding yourself before you extend anything to others. I get that, much like the scenario on the plane, right? Like put the mask on yourself before you put it on the people that you care about. There is this idea of taking care of your own self before you are able to give to others. But I think it's the imagery of a cup running over is more than that. It it gives this picture of like so much life and so much good that the cup cannot contain it. I've never experienced that. And so this idea of more, this idea of a life so full and so rich and so threaded together with so much goodness, yes, there's pain and yes, there's hard stuff in life, but there can be more good than bad. And this idea of more was something I just completely wrote off. In fact, I think I wrote that off about 15 years ago. That was long gone. I mean, to be honest with you guys, I just wanted a cup maybe half full. I would have been thrilled with a half full cup. In fact, I was ready to settle for a half full cup. My cup had run so empty and so dry for so long that half full was like I was really winning. So 
a cup running over, that requires dead things coming back to life. There's no way it doesn't. You cannot have a cup that runs over if there are dead things haunting your closets. So much of this last year, which I have spent in my garden and I have spent in so much meditation and so much prayer and so much inner work, one thing that I continue to be pulled back to is this idea of dead things rising. I did a lot of work just to get to the idea that that would be possible, truthfully. And now, much like my garden, it feels like all of this work that I've been doing, that I have been braving the wilderness, to quote Brene Brown, great book, by the way, all of this inner healing work, all of this hard digging stuff, much like my garden, pulling out the weeds, right? Pruning the dead things off. And when I mean dead, I don't mean things that need to be brought back to life. I mean things that should be dead, like toxic relationships need to be dead. Things like unhealthy patterns of self-care needed to die. Things like self-deprecating talk, that needed to die. Those things need to be cast off of you. Those things need to be uprooted and pulled out because they're not life-giving. What I'm talking about are the things that are life-giving, the things buried deep in the soil that are good. The things that you came prepackaged with when you took your first breath as a baby, the things that you dreamed and hoped about, those are good. Those things should not remain hidden and dead. No matter what has happened to you, the story of death and rebirth is the story of this journey here on earth. It is the story of life. To refuse the death and rebirth pattern is to refuse the way you were made. This is the story of of Jesus, the story of Easter, the story of nature, the story of my garden, the story of babies being born, the story of me, dead things coming back to life. That is the story. In my garden, pruning the dead things was hard work, pruning the things that needed to go. It was hard. It was exhausting. I got some bumps and bruises along the way because I'm a little tiny thing and I was pruning some really big, heavy stuff. It was hard. Digging up roots of yucky old weeds that I had let grow far too long over last year, that was hard, back-breaking work. I was sweaty. I was dirty. I was tired. I was cursing the ground. Raking God knows how many leaves. God bless the leaves that fall. I I thought I would never see the end of it. I thought I would rake and rake and rake until I could not see green. I thought I was just going to destroy the whole yard. I raked so hard because I was so mad at how many leaves were out there. <laughs> I thought there's going to be no grass left because I'm so pissed off at all these leaves. And yet, bag after bag after bag after bag, the leaves went away. They were gone. I thought I would never see the end of that work. And yet, 
something kept pulling me back. Something kept pulling me back and said, it's not done yet. There's still one more thing I need to get out there and clean up. There's still, ooh, there's something, I think that there is something that wants to grow in this spot. I need to prepare the soil. Uh Oh, there's something over there I saw that doesn't need to be there. I'm going to, I'm going to get back out there and, and pull that out. Little by little, that gravitational pull to finish the work kept me going. And then one morning I woke up and it was green and there were flowers blooming and the grass was leaf free and lush and beautiful. And I just was taken aback. And I said to myself, wait, that cannot be the same garden I've been working in for months. That cannot be it. That cannot be it. Whose yard is that? My friends, this is the story of death and rebirth. This is my story of death and rebirth. And this is your story of death and rebirth. There will be days that you feel like you cannot go any further. There will be days that you feel like I cannot investigate any more layers of my soul. It is too damn painful. There will be days that you say, I don't want to cut off that toxic thing because it's going to hurt. It's going to be heavy. It's going to require a lot of work and I just don't have the energy for it. There will be days that you will see dead things that have to go. Things that do not belong in your world that are going to require you to dig out the root and pull them up. And it's going to require everything that you have. And after you're done, you'll say never again. I can't, I can't do this again. And yet you will continue to be pulled back into this rhythm because this is the rhythm of life. This is the rhythm of beauty. This is the rhythm of that instinctual survivalistic thing that says this thing isn't over yet. It's not time to go yet. We are going to show up again. There is more here. You were called for a life of more. You were made for a life that is full and a cup running over. You were made for good things. You were made for life abundantly and joy and peace and beauty. You are made to be seen and known and loved for everything that you are. You are made for that. And that requires death and rebirth. But my friends, the beauty of this story is that the rhythm is already happening. You don't have to fight hard to jump into this rhythm because this is the rhythm of life. It has always been the rhythm of life. It only stops when we remove ourselves from it, when we shut ourselves down. The rhythm will keep going. But if you're shut down, you won't see it. But when you open your eyes, you re-engage your inner self, your inner knowing, that spiritual side of you, you can't miss it. It pulls you in. It keeps pulling you back and it keeps saying, let's go further. And one day you wake up and you look in the mirror and you say, how did I get here? 
just a few weeks ago, my life was so dead and dreary, and I thought I'd never see anything colorful again. And then it just one day happens. I feel like in my life, as you have journeyed with me the past year and a half, has been a lot of seemingless fruitless work. <laughs> I don't even know if that's a sentence. Seemingly fruitless work. There you go. I, I didn't think the beauty would come. I was just trying to survive through it and do the work and somehow be somewhat whole on the other side. And recently, as of recently, I've had days when I wake up and I smile and I say, how did I get here? My life is full. Is it running over yet? No, but I'm going after that because I want that. But is it full? Yes, it is. Do I feel seen and known and loved? I do. Do I have children that are whole and healthy and beaming with life? I do. My home is happy and at peace, and there's beauty that I didn't know I could see in life again, and I see it. It's like my eyes opened to color. This is the story of death and resurrection. This is the story of Easter. Whatever it is that has been dead and buried in the grave that you think there is no way it can be reborn, This story says, my friend, it isn't over yet. It isn't over yet. That dead thing, if you jump into that rhythm, the rhythm that's already going, the rhythm that you don't even have to look for, it is happening around you everywhere you look. That rhythm is there, death and rebirth, death and rebirth, over and over again. If you jump into that rhythm That dead thing will walk out of that grave. Be still and know that you are not alone in this journey at all. Be still and know that there is a power greater than you that will meet you halfway. All you have to do is show up. My friend, that is all you have to do is just show up to the rhythm. Just like the woman at the well. Just show up. Engage in it. That's it. And before you know it, the dead thing starts walking. Be still and know that it's not over yet. Be still and know that the force greater than you is going to finish the work. Just like in nature, just like in birth of humans and babies, just like in all the stories. There's a force bigger than you that will finish it. Just show up and do the work as it comes. Happy Easter. Go in peace. Hey there, I hope you enjoyed the conversation today. You can find my blog and links to my Instagram and Facebook account on my website at justajesusfollower.com. I hope you join us next week for another raw, honest conversation. In the meantime, go in peace and know that you are enough.